Hello, all, and welcome to another week of the One Percenters podcast. Joining me today, coming back after a long stint on the sidelines, we have Alex Bongiorno. Bongi, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me, uh, Jackson's glad to uh, glad to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a little bit empty without you here recently. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I like to just um, come in spurts. You know, I like to just get away. Um, have a look at the game in, in a, a unique sense. Um, and then I can come back on here, I can be refreshed, uh, and I can be ready to go with a, a pair of fresh eyes. That's what we like to hear. And our other man on the pod, he's, he's, he's a little bit excited going into finals. It's our boy Tom Pepperell, big Tigers boy. How are you, mate? Very, very good. Thanks, Morris. And fantastic to be on the pod on the same night as Mr. Bongiorno. Cannot wait. Have well, you guys have only done one pod together? I think is that right? Yeah, correct. And it was pretty fire, pretty fiery from memory. Oh well, I'm very excited to see how it goes this evening. I'll quickly grab your thoughts, Pep. Straight off the top, Richmond West Coast this week. My boys against yours. What what are you predicting? Ah, uh, yeah, it'll be a massive test. I mean, I did hear the pod last week. Uh, I tuned in and and I did hear that you said that we had a pretty easy run, which, to be honest, I do agree with um, in the last probably month or so. Um, yeah, this is a... Carlton was a danger game for sure and we came out that... Uns- we beat them and came out unscathed. Um, I'm probably going to say West Coast, but, I mean, obviously I'll be there in the crowd and cannot wait for a massive game. I'll also be there in the Schooner Express, that is for sure. Now, just straight off the top, there's been a lot of chat recently about who is the best player in the game, and we touched on that last week, Doss and I, but I want to get your boys' thoughts on who is leading the Brownlow. I want to grab your top fives. Pep, we'll start with yours. Let's start off, mate. For kicking things off. All righty. Are we going to go five, four, three, two, one? Um, yeah. How are we going to yeah, do I like, this layout? I like that. Yeah, go, go, the, go the five, four, three, two. I think everyone knows who number one is, but go five, four, three, two, one. You might not. Oh, right. okay. Number five from Port Adelaide, Travis Boak. Smoky, I like it. Fantastic season. And does tend to poll. Number four, Paddy Cripps. I Ooh. actually do think he's in the top two players in the league, but just based on how many games Carlton have won, I just can't see him polling enough to be in the top three. So he comes in at number four. Number three is Dustin Martin. Now, this <laughs> might surprise a few, I know. But I tell you what, he's a known performer, he's a known polar, and you can't miss him. He stands out like dog's balls, and he is. his last two months have been exceptional. Horrendous start to the season. Um, a lot of people calling for his head, but he slips into my number three. Number two is Lockie Neal. First season at the Lions, he's been uh, phenomenal for them in the guts. And number one. No, it's not Marcus Bontepelli. You don't even see him in my top five because Nat Fife is number one. He's a star, and I would love to see him win another Brownlow because he is arguably my favourite part of the competition. Short, sharp, straight to the point. Bonji, far away, mate. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> Just under pressure here. Caught him off guard. I love it. Well, boys, this top five, um, it may surprise a few, but... Um, I tell you what, come draft night, just just come back to this episode and all the listeners out there, I, I urge you to come back to this episode and just check in with how these results fare. Um, coming in at number five, 
my favourite player in the competition and watch for him on draft night. He's just just edged out Travis Boak for this spot, actually. But it's Josh Dunkley. The Dunks. Coming in in fifth position. He's had another 39. He's had a goal on the weekend. And he's coming down like a choo-choo train. Uh, express. Express. So watch him fly. Um, coming at number four, we've got Tim Kelly. Um, obviously, he enjoyed a very big start of the season. I love the hype around him. We'll get him a few votes. Coming in at number three is Nat Fife. Um, wow. Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of him um, at his when he I, I guess when he won that brown though he was on a different he was on a different level so I guess that's why I've got him at number three um, coming at number two is Paddy Cripps I feel as if he no one's really going to be stealing both he may get pick up a lot of one voters uh, especially with Carlton coming home uh, the way that we are have been um, the past few games and my number one is the proven pole getter. Um, I think it was last year or two years ago, was not seen throughout the whole season, yet still polled 21 votes, and that is Marcus Bonham Pally. <laughs> You've got wow. the... Pally did... What Was it Pally or you that predicted the Bon earlier was, in the year? It was myself, yeah, it was myself. and uh, um, Pally got on board. A, yeah, I did as well at $11, I think it was, and he oh. did have a little bit of a, a dry patch there, but the thing is, is that he just... I've I've seen him play this season, and he's changing games, and he re- and it's really that's the three voters that's going to get him across the line. You, you did so, say you did say Dunks was also in your top five. He's not going to steal votes. Correct. That's my question, Morris. Great thinking. Love it. Love it from you too. And I initially did think that um, I initially did think that uh, they may steal off each other. The only thing is, is that the Bulldogs have actually been winning games recently. So the thing is, is that if one of them gets the two, the other one's getting the three. I think McRae is always going to be around there, um, but his impact on games isn't absolutely huge. Um, and I think the hype that's surrounding Dunkley as well, he's kicking goals and he's doing everything. That's the thing. So I think um, when, um, I guess when Bont had that little lull in the middle of the season, the Dunks really stood up. Now they're both going at 100% capacity, and um, I think they'll be both getting the twos and the threes. Well, we well, yeah, twos and threes will most likely get you there. Uh, we'll have a look at my five, and you guys might laugh at a few of these, okay? I have equal fifth. I have huh. L- Luke Parker and Jack Billings. Jeepers. The Bilby. Rocky start. Well, Rocky. This is Rocky. <laughs> number four. Rocky road. Number four, I have Travis Boak. Number three, I have Lockie Neal. Number two, Morris. I have... What? Morris, can I just butt in here? If you're going to mention a West Coast player in this last two by the name of Yo-Yo, I will flip my <laughs> shit. Number, number three, Lockie Neal. Number two, Marcus Bontempelli. And number one, Nathan Fife. I don't have a West Coast player in there. The, <laughs> the only one in there that I could have had was the Yo-Yo. But he has been like a yo-yo this year. You're not going to get votes for shutting down players. That's that's sort of part and parcel of what it is. It's a ball winners award. Tom Mitchell won it. Uh, Fife's won it. Dangers won it. Just to name a few. So I, I think Luke Parker polls a lot for Sydney. They had a nice little nice little patch in the middle there, and I I just think he's received a lot of votes in the past. J JPK may steal a few, but I think Parker's been a little bit better. He's hit the scoreboard. Uh, and the Bilby, 
What are your thoughts on the Bilby, Pepper? Hey, he's a gun. He's an absolute star. I'm, I'm stoked to see him back in form. Last year was uh, pretty shaky, I suppose, at the start, but got dropped and had that massive game in the VFL, came back and dominated for the rest of the season. And um, I know our man Tommy Owen is over the moon that he's hit form this year. And, uh, no, he's a, he's a gun left footer. Yeah, I, I just think he'll be able to poll some votes. He's just that kind of guy, I think. So it'll be interesting to see. Out of those guys, I'm going to ask you this, Bonge. Out of the guys that we've named today, if you're selecting any of them to build a side around, who are you taking? Well, um, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good batch. You've got Fife, you've got Bond, you've got Cripps. Yeah. Who are you taking? It's a great batch. I look, I can easily say Cripps because um, I'm extremely biased, and and the things that he can do, he really can. He can, he, him and Fife, I've got them in the same sort of boat. Um, but if I'm building a side, I'm taking my man, Jay Dunks. He's 22. He's got a lot of years left in him. And if I'm going to be building a side around someone, I want someone who's going to be able to um, really have an impact on the defensive side as well. I know the other boys do as well, but um, he's absolutely, uh, he's, nearly, he's nearing the Crips and Fife type numbers, but he's, he's 22. And I guess, uh, you're going to get a couple more years out of him than Cripps. That's the only that's the only thing that I'll say on that one. Yep, that's fair enough. Pep, are you sort of the same sentiment, or are you going down a different path? Yeah, I won't say I won't say Dunkley. I do love what he's doing, but it's so far not a big enough sample size for mine. Um, I'm probably going to go probably Nat Fife. Nat Fife, or to be honest, I'm pretty happy with Dustin Martin. He's he's an inside ball when he gets on the outside as well. Yeah, that is uh, certainly. Uh, a big reason why uh, people... Question, yeah, I just want to question you on that one, Pepper. I mean, Dusty, I mean, he's gone missing. A lot of games this year he's gone missing. I understand he's had some absolutely breakout games. Um, there's no denying that. Um, but he's gone missing in a lot of games, um, and especially when um, when it was sort of needed from, from the Tigers. Is it someone who you want to be building your side around? Who's someone who hasn't shown that consistency since that um, 2017 premiership year? Or um, are you still happy to have him in your team? No, absolutely. I'm stoked to have him my teammate. I, um, yeah, he, he, you, you're not wrong, I suppose, in, in regards to he was quiet at the start of the season. But I'm going to 100% argue with you on the fact that, in my opinion, when we needed him most, when the likes of Cochin and and the real depth of our midfield got tested, I think, is when he played his best football. And I think that's when he captained the side when everyone else was out. I think that's when he really um, took the leadership on and, and played his best footy. And from then on, he's just continued his, his terrific form. I, I absolutely love him. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> um, now, I thought we actually lost. I thought we yeah. lost connection. I, I didn't know what was going on there. I thought, oh, Bonji's got a follow up question, but no. Um, now, in the last couple of days, there's been a few stories going around about Jeremy Cameron potentially missing the last two games of the home and away. Now he currently has a six goal lead over Tom Hawkins and Ben Brown. Tommy Hawkins plays against Gold Coast in, or is it Carlton? Sorry, Carlton in round 23 without Liam Jones. Bonji, do you reckon the Tomahawk is a sniff? 
Yeah, I reckon he's definitely a sniff. If, if, if as you said, Jeremy Cameron doesn't, doesn't play, um, I think the Tom Hawk is a massive sniff. Um, I think also, how many did you say Ben Brown was behind? So Ben Brown and Tom Hawkins are both on 52. Cameron's yep. on 58. Ben mm. Brown has Port Adelaide and Melbourne. Tom Hawkins mm. has Brisbane and Carlton. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually going to tip um, Ben Brown out of those two, to be honest. I know that the Hawk... The Hawks probably done it more consistently this season in terms of he's picking up his three and four each game. Yeah. And then he can come out and kick six or seven. And that's what's going to win it. He, only, he needs that to be able to win this. So, um, yeah, I think that especially against Melbourne, um, they, they, they're not in a, good, in, in a good run of form. And I know that they would be playing Stephen May. And um, Lever, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, and Lever. But Lever obviously is... Not the sort of the shutdown player is more your your um, creator off off the back line and plays as a loose back. So Stephen um, May's out for the year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Stephen May's out. So I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be. Um, they're going to be too well stocked down there in defence. Um, so I think he could go bang against the demons and Port. Um, Port have known to be able to leak goals when they're not on. They've been known to be able to leak goals. So. I think Ben Brown may have a sniff there. Uh, Pepper, is your boy Tommy Lynch a sniff? He's eight goals back, though. Coming up against uh, West Coast and Brisbane. No, I wouldn't have thought so. He's playing He's playing really well at the moment, and he's so important to the way we play going forward especially. But, no, against Harris Andrews uh, for Brisbane, most likely that's his opponent. And I think, um, you know, he's got to kick a, a bunch, probably about five in one game. So I can't see that happening whether that be Andrews or whether that be a defender from West Coast, pretty stiff. Now, just on the topic of Tom Lynch, obviously one of the best, if not the best, pick up in the off-season. I want to get your thoughts, uh, fellas, on who has been that number one pick-up of the year and who you think might be the best over a long period of time. Pep, we'll start with you because of the, the Tom Lynch segue. Is he number one this year or moving forward? What are your thoughts? I think, well, so far this year, I think Lockie Neal's been the best recruit of the year. I mean, yeah, I, I agree I said with earlier, that. He's second in the Brownlow for mine. So I think he's probably been number one. Um, but if you're going to look at a player that's, I suppose, impacted a club. Yeah, I suppose impacted the club on field for the team to take that next step, like to, to fill that role. I think Tom Lynch has, and this isn't a, maybe it is biased opinion, but I think he's been the most important just because you, with the circumstance, everything that's been going on for Richmond, we hadn't copped injuries in two years. You have a lot of your forwards go down with no Jack Rewalt, no Callum Moore, Townsend injured in the VFL. If we didn't have Tom Lynch playing every game, we wouldn't have had a forward target. So I think Lockie Neal's definitely 100% been the best recruit of the year. But I think Tom Lynch has been so important and probably is the most important recruit of the year. Bonge, do you agree with those comments? Or do you look you to Nick what? Newman or something? No, you know what? I mean, obviously, value for money, you're probably looking at him. And I know that, you know, we've both gone for sides that we're going for. But when I went and saw Richmond Live on the weekend, um, I've been, I'll be honest, I've been a big Tom Lynch, um, I guess, basher for the, the majority of this season. Um, but the one thing that he has brought to that side more than anything else is when that ball is kicked into the into um, the forward fifty for Richmond, 
defenders gravitate towards Lynch. So what he's actually been able to do is drag two or three defenders to a contest, which leaves two or three of the Richmond players, Richmond forwards, leaving to kick goals. And it's the first time I'd really noticed it and seeing it live and seeing the whole ground play out was the um, the contribution that he has. Not a, If he's not kicking goals, then it's others around him that are being able to um, have that opportunity to kick goals because of the defenders gravitating towards him. So um, absolutely, I think that he's up there with the, the best recruits. Um, keen to get your thoughts as well, Jackson, on this one because um, I know that um, there's probably a few left of field ones out there that uh, we sort of haven't discussed as well. That, and, and the ones that, um, as you said before, the more value for money is Nick Newman and the like. Yeah. Um, what's in, your thoughts on that? In terms of value for money, the, hunt, the, the number one value for money, he was a delisted free agent. They didn't pay a cent for him. It's Jared yeah. Lyons. It is. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. He, he undoubtedly... You cannot dispute Jared Lyons. They got him for nothing. Okay? Yep. Um, the other one that I thought was very, very good, and I know he's been a little bit injury-riddled uh, this year, but it's Taylor Jurey at the Western Bulldogs. I think with Hayden Crozier being in and out of the side, Suckling sort of going in and out as well, Jurey sort of slid in quite nicely off that half-back flank, and he's using the ball really, really well. So... Look, I, I think he's been quite good. And then I had a third one, and I think this can be heavily disputed, but I think what this man brings to the club is a sense of professionalism. And I know that he's been he's played like three games for the year, but it's Dan Hanabry. And in the long term, I think what he brings to St Kilda in regards to, yeah, as I said, a professionalism and a way... Uh, in which he goes about game day preparation, whether that be um, in team meetings or whatnot with a young midfield, I think that's invaluable. Bonch, thoughts? Yeah, but I mean, I, my only query on that is you, you've you've talked about the professionalism and everything like that, but let's not shy away from the fact that Dan Hanabry has had a cloud over his head, about, not just about his injury, but off-field incidents. And we cannot ignore that. We cannot ignore that that he's been out for a very few suspect incidents before, yeah. none of which have made the media, but he's always had that cloud above his head. So I understand your idea of the professionalism. That's something that, that probably needs to be looked at. But absolutely, his impact that he had on the weekend, if this turns out to be, if this turns out to be the Dan Hanabry that we know, then St. Kilda have got themselves an absolute steal. But... They took the gamble, and it's the gamble that they needed to take to take that next level because they were going downhill very quickly. Well, Morris, I, I, yep. I love I love that comment from you. What he brings off field in terms of your training, um, and exactly what you said, the leadership that they don't have with Jack Stephen as well being away from the main group pretty yeah. much all year. I think it is a perfect time re- to recruit a Dan Hanbury, and I think it's been fantastic for them off field. Bonge, you talk about cloud over his head. And sus- suspect injuries. Do you know any no, more? I think he, I think I think he means suspect incidents. Suspect incidents. Yeah. So you don't. Th- so you don't think they were injuries. I think that. Um, I think towards the end of, um, or throughout, especially when he was at Sydney, um, I think there was the incident uh, at Falls or something. There was an incident I do remember that um, that you, there's just little rumours that that keep circulating. Look, I'm not. I'm not here to um to sort of give light to any of those, 
But all I'm saying is that absolutely brings professionalism. But, you know, we're not inside the four walls of St Kilda or Sydney. We don't actually know. We all we see is what we what we see through the media. We have no idea. So understand that, um, that he could bring something, but there could be things lingering that we don't know about. Well, that, that actually brings me to an idea that I've sort of had brewing in the background and sort of uh, just just coming into my mind. Now, Bond, you've brought up this Dan Hanabry sort of uh, indiscretions, we'll call them. What is the best rumour? that you, This is in the wake of the Collingwood punting scandal as well that came out last week. Best rumour you guys have heard, whether it be now, in the past, years gone by. Do you guys have any? Gee, Pep, surely you got one. <laughs> oh, I've got a ripper. I've got a ripper if you want me to go with it. Yeah, go with Maybe i just make one off now. No, no, no. This is actually one that I've heard from a few people, okay? Is it, uh, what, what club does it involve? Uh, it's a South Australian club. Okay, yep. Let's just say a coach of a South Australian club with the initials DP... Mm. And a key full forward with the initials oh, yeah. JJ. Mate, yeah, but that, that's that's made the media, mate. That has made the media. That they mate. had an absolute punch on. <laughs> mate, that is... They've had an absolute punch on and have to be restrained. Josh Jenkins has since emptied his locker and will never again play for Adelaide. Is not, Mate, that has not made the media that they had a full-on blue and he hasn't been back to the club. I'll tell you who else should uh, empty their locker. That's that's their captain, Taylor Walker. He should just ship off. Wow. Overrated. Um, Bonge, have you got any sneaky rumours? Um, look, mate. Oh, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. Um, Can you run with them, though? Do you need, do you need a, a sort of okay from the lawyers before we go with these? Yeah, no. Nah, look... We're not going to run with um. <laughs> the thing is, the thing that I don't, I don't like about the rumors is that you know they, these players, they're real people. That's the yes, thing, and I, yes, hate, I hate giving light to to um to rumors that you know if something gets a bit of traction, um, you know you just you just you don't you don't want it to have an effect on on someone like that. So, um, look, all I've heard obviously is the the massive. Um, the obviously the gambling ones that have come through the the um, the ranks. I guess they're very well known. There's a few others that I've heard that are absolutely extraordinary, but I don't think I'll be saying it on the podcast. To be honest, probably something I'll be saying in private. Yep, that's uh, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, because yeah, they are just absolutely extraordinary, and you couldn't. Yeah, when I heard it, I, I might have hit the hit the floor, and it's and I can see. Um, on Facebook, when a certain post comes out about a certain player, the comments just go wild. So, oh yes, uh, I actually think I know the exact one you're talking about, yeah. and we won't be delving into that on the we podcast. Won't. No, we won't. That is for sure. Um, Pep, is there anything that you wanted to cover? I know you had a few talking points that you wanted to get to. Um, coach under most stress. Do you think there's obviously been speculation about Ross Lyon in Perth and you've got your two Adelaides, your Don Pike and your Kenny Hinckley. And then you've obviously got the John Worsfold as well down here in Essendon. Who out of those four do you reckon is uh, potentially most under the hammer? Um, 
I'm going to say uh, Ken Hinckley and John Worsfold purely because Hinckley needs to make finals and they're not guaranteed finals at this point in time. And Worsfold needs to win a final, in my opinion. And at this stage, with recent form, we don't know if they're even going to make it either. I think Ross Lyon is contracted for next year, I believe. So I think that they'll uh, stick with... Ross, uh, and the other coach you said, who was it, Pep? Uh, Don Pike. Don Pike. Oh, actually. Ooh, wowee. See, you've gone from making a grand final yeah. to not playing finals altogether. Yeah, that is a massive drop-off. But can you also say that Ken Hinckley made a prelim in 2014 and has only made one final since? Absolutely. Which they which that's they lost which they lost in an elimination to West Coast, for sure. That's why these four are under the hammer, and I'm getting your thoughts on it because, to be honest, I think John Worsfold might uh, move on at the end of this year. I think it'll be mutually agreed. I think Carousel has gone to Essendon to take the head coaching job. Um, well, he's 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 already left his position as an assistant coach at at Richmond. Apparently, yes. He's. I, I was listening to SEN in yeah, the, this gone. morning. And as of August the 1st, I think it is, clubs must make it apparent to their assistant coaches as a part of the AFL uh, CA, which is the Coaches Association, you must make assistant coaches know, uh, aware if they are getting a contract extension. And Blake Carousella uh, said he wouldn't be taking a contract extension. He'd see the year out, which does allude that he may be taking over at Essendon. So that is that confirmed? Has he definitely gone? I heard that he was uh, that he was still staying until the end of the season. No, no, he, no. He, he'll be there until the end of the season. He's just not taking a contract for future years. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose that's a rumor that I've heard going back on the last segment, and it's a rumor that I think will turn true. That he'll be at Essendon next year. Carousel will be at Essendon next year, and he'll be the head coach. Well, wait. Bonge, out of because, those out of those coaches, Bonji, who do you reckon is under the pump? Yeah, I think Westfold's gone for sure. Um, I think that, as you said, if, if I think just due to the hype, and I, I think we've seen a trend, especially in the past ten years or so, where um, if the media wants it to happen, it'll happen. And, and as sad as that is. Um, and the media, they have gunning, they've gunned for John Worsfold this season. And as soon as he starts putting a foot wrong, which he did on the weekend, um, the, yeah, it's all going to tumble down, I feel. So um, I think the last few games are going to be absolutely telling. I think that they are maybe pulling a, a Carlton, Brett Madden type move where they feel as if they've got the list. Um, and even though their coach is still producing results, they want the top. They want the top flight. So, um, and I don't think they believe John Worsfold can get them there. Speaking of Essendon, uh, I think there actually there will be a few changes at the club. I'm under the impression that the high performance manager, who is Justin Crow at the Dons, will be made aware in the next 24 to 48 hours that he will be uh, no longer required as of 2020. Um, he's seen to be one of John Worsfold's uh, right-hand men. So if they're clearing out the cupboard, Worsfold surely goes, Pet. Yeah, I agree. And just keep in mind, when we're having this uh, John Worsfold discussion, that 
his family, John Worsfold's family, is still living in Perth. He's got his kids still in Perth. So he's actually away living from his family while he's in Victoria. So that's got to be tough on him as well. Yeah, without so a doubt. So I think that also plays in. That's why I think it'll be more mutual than, than anything else. Um, on the topic of coaches, uh, the Carlton selection is still underway. Uh, Bonge, I'll grab your thoughts on Carlton in a second. Um, but first, did North Melbourne jump the gun and go too early on Ray Shaw? Bonge? Bonge? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, just because he's had that, the um, you know, obviously the, the poorer run of form, um, since he started absolutely on fire. Oh no, sorry, that's not that's not what I'm implying. On recent form, did their search go deep enough? Is what I'm sort of asking. On the surface, it yeah. feels like it was really slapdash. No, 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 and that's what I'm saying. I think that um, he's still the man for the job. I think that even though that they they went quickly on it, uh, with the other clubs, I guess, or with Carlton especially circling, they could have circled and nabbed him, and in there in a whole lot of strife. He got along with the players. The players love him. The players will take direction from him. Um, and I think that especially what we will see next season is the real reshore um, come out. I think you get a full preseason then to be able to implement the things that you want to implement. Um, so even though he's had some wins already, um, I think there's more to come because um, he's going to be able to... Um, to really drill down on the things that he wants to do over the preseason. But do you find it a little bit unusual that when uh, Scott left North Melbourne, that Rayshaw wasn't even in consideration? Like he is, he has just come out of nowhere in the last six weeks. Yeah, when, absolutely. Is that yeah. a bit odd? Look, I don't think so. And the reason, in normal cases, yes, that is a bit odd. The 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 big thing here is that the amount of coaches or the, the selection of coaches that we have available in terms of um, that, that North and Carlton had available, um, there's nothing. There's really nothing. I mean, Carlton are, are going for Alistair Clarkson, which they should, um, but realistically, the, he's he's tied down to Hawthorne already and then viewing him as one of their main targets. So you know when um, when you're going someone like that, there's really not much of a selection out there. Um, I think that they got the best that was on offer at the time. Yep, and your thoughts on the car... Oh, actually, I want to grab Pep's thoughts. Pep, who do you think will be coach of Carlton at the end of the year? Oh, it's a good question. Jeez, um, to be honest, I have no idea because they're talking about Michael Voss... I know Bonji does not want him. No, he does Boss not. Boss is, Boss is confirmed will not coach Carlton in 2000. <laughs> no, that is have confirmed. You, have confirmed. you got inside word? Have you? I just have c- confirmed <laughs> will not. Will not. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you got inside knowledge. Anyway, um, I reckon, uh, look, to be honest, I think they'll go with David Teague. I mean, the games have lost. What, they lost to West Coast. I thought they put up a really good fight. Um, and they put up a, an enormous fight, I thought, in the second half, especially against Richmond last week. So I think he probably is the man for the job. I know the players are talking positively about them. Um, I, yeah, I think David Teague's the man. On that, just quickly, I'm so sick to death, I'm just going on a little bit of tangent here, of all these journos asking the players, you know, do you have the backing of oh, yes. David Teague? When have you ever... 
if you're going to ask the captain, Sam Doherty, Patrick Cripps, whenever you ever, you know, Jay Z Clark, he asks Paddy Cripps, what do you have? You got the the backing of the coach, you know? Do you, what do you think of him? When have you ever heard Paddy Cripps or someone like that, leader of the club, say, <laughs> "Nah, shit house, mate." Agreed. Nah, no good. Nah, I want him gone. Like that's never going to happen. So why ask this stupid on, question? On SEN this morning, um, it, because it's Patrick Cripps's 100th this weekend. Gary and Tim interviewed him, and Tim Watson asked Patrick Cripps, um, "If David Teague was your coach next year, would you be happy?" Just a dumb question. It's like if he says no, he's the captain and he's stabbing the caretaker coach in the back. Nobody would say that. Sorry, but yeah, David Teague, I think, is the man. Bonch, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've said it. I've, I think I've said it on this podcast before that um, that the best way forward with the Carlton situation is sign Teague on a one-year, keep the fans happy, see how he goes. You're not committing long-term. Understand that that doesn't give Teague a whole lot of security, but that's um, that's the game that you play in, mate. And um, I think that that's the best thing moving forward. It's a win-win for Teague, and it's a win-win for the um, the players and the fans. Yeah, I do recall you saying that, and I did hear Robert Walls speaking on uh, the Herald Sun Sacked podcast regarding his time actually coaching Carlton in 1985 or something like that. The club actually offered him a three-year contract, but he preferred the one-year deal. One, because he thought he was going to get sacked a couple of years later. But it also gave him license to do what he thought was best in that time rather than um, uh, rather than build long-term. It was for short-term sort of benefit, but it gives him a chance to uh, develop a list, if that makes sense. I know I'm sort of um, beating around it a little bit, but if that makes a little bit of sense, I hope it does. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just... just... Just sort of go all guns blazing instead of having to look three years in the future and plan for that. And then, you know, if the results don't fall your way, which I think this is the exact same thing that happened with Brendan Bolton. He was planning for the future um, and he was playing a lot of the young boys in the in the centre um, that probably weren't ready yet, but he was planning for the future and it was ultimately his downfall. Okay. And we've just had a couple of questions sent through from some listeners. Uh, Bonj, I'll give you a guess at who sent through a question. Uh, I reckon it's Paddy Dennis, mate. He yeah. usually comes up with one. The Diddler has sent through a question. Uh, he sent me a message saying, imagine going for Essendon. Imagine supporting that club. Next podcast, can you please tell me what your thoughts on John Warsfold's future is, which I think we've covered. But then he says, also, if Alex is on the show, please ask him to rip into the Dons about what they need to do to succeed. Thanks, Diddler. I appreciate it, mate, and um, I appreciate the kind words. And um, obviously, you missed up to the plate there. I think with the Dons, um... what are you doing to change them? Are you are you are you going out in the off season and getting some new personnel? Are you getting a ruckman, maybe? Yeah, look, I think look, I think you're getting a ruckman, but gee, they just signed that. They've done it. They've, They've done it. Have they signed Sam Draper? Yeah. Yeah, they just signed him today or yesterday. Yep. I just I just think that um, they've, they've done it. They've done the rebuild of the list, right? Their list is very, very strong. We all know that. Um, 
I honestly think it, it must come from either the assistants or the coach. It just has to because their list is amazing. Um, and I think that um, worst fault, yeah, I think it's his time's up. Is it amazing? I really do think it is, mate. They've got A-list, um, A-graders everywhere. I think Kale Hooker is an A-grader. I think Devin as a, Smith, as a defender, yeah, I think Kyle Hooker is one of the most influential players in their side, to be honest. Um, so I think that Hooker is an A grader in my opinion. Hurley is an A grader. Smith is an A grader. Stringer has been an All Australian. Then you've got their guts, which is elite, which is Shield, Heppel, um, and Merritt on their day. Um, I think that the only thing maybe that they're lacking um, is potentially more youth coming through. I understand they've got McGrath and Parrish coming through, but I think it's those tailenders. It's probably their, you know, 18 to 22 on game day that's really letting them down. And um, I think they probably just need to, to get that, that, that finishing touches on their list there. Pep, I think you're in the same boat as me. I'm of the opinion that they have three A-graders in terms of position, and that's Zach Merritt. I think he's an elite A-grader. I think as a small forward, McDonald, Tip, and Woody is an A-grader. And then I probably put Dylan Shield in as an A-grader. They're the only three I can see. Are you sort of similar thinking to me, or are you along Bonders' lines? Yeah, nah, similar to you, to be honest. I know Strings having a fantastic year, no doubt in that. Um, Shield is, is definitely an A grader, but his skill by foot lets him down quite often. For mine, to be honest, like I love watching their dash their run their dash and run off half back uh, with McKenna and Saad. But for mine I just question their leadership. Like they've got Dyson Heppel who's who's the captain and Zachy Merritt who's the vice, which those two I can't question too much. But below them, in their leadership group, they've got David David Myers. Oh, he's a, he's a VFL player. He's a VFL player. Player, sorry. You've got Joe Danaher, who hasn't been out there for two years practically, and you've got Orazio Fantasia, who's been injury riddled. I can't see David Myers speaking up too much. No, Orazio Fantasia. I, he, well, apparently he wants out sometimes. So why is he there? You got Joe Danaher, who hasn't been out there. For mine, it's just they've got the talent, but they need the voice on field to help these these players because it doesn't seem like they're on this on the same page yep that is for sure um and we've received another question from uh josh taylor otherwise known as rat underscore gaming um on twitter he's asked uh pep is jack stephen going to be at st kilda next season no no chance he'll he'll be going to geelong up the highway for him. It's been a tough year, tough couple of years. And for him, obviously, battling mental health, which is very, very serious. And it was just great to see him, to be honest, play out on the weekend. And my highlight of the week, um, of the weekend, sorry, was Jack Stephen interviewed by Fox Footy post game. He practically, he pretty much just said that, you know, he was blowing up during the whole game. He said, I'm a bit, I'm a bit fat, but who cares? Like that, it just summed it up perfectly. Yeah. He's, it, Look at his jumper; it was 100% tight. But in the end of the day, it was arguably best on ground. So for, and, for him just, to be out there, I was stoked. Following up from that, how much do you think he's going to be getting paid at Geelong? Surely no more than 500. They no, can't fit him. They they can't fit him in. And he's another midfielder. He's surely going to be on 400 to 450, which is just that's that's a steal. And which is but, a full... but what you've got to think is 400. He, he's going there to 
you'd say Geelong is out of the the fishbowl in Melbourne. You'd say like they're not one of the big clubs. I know St Kilda's not really a big club, but they have been under a lot of criticism lately. Um, the biggest clubs in the country are clubs that are under a microscope. Richmond, Collingwood, Adelaide, West Coast. They're probably the four biggest clubs with Carlton as well. Um, he's not going to be under as much pressure. Geelong sort of slides under the radar. And, and, and how did Geelong get the deal done? Oh, it, and, and there's one a, man who's definitely going to be getting the deal done in there, which is Charlie Constable. Um, do you reckon he's going to St Kilda? Oh, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. He had 41, wow. picked two on the weekend. Um, Would Geelong get and, rid of him, though? Well, I think that... Um, I think that Stephen, at the moment, um, is a better player than Constable, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think that Geelong have been able to do this where they've really just topped up and topped up and topped up, and they're still successful. So... Whether they do, um, and if they do, it, it could be a fair trade, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and uh, we've got one more question. Uh, it is for Alex Bongiorno from fellow panel member Sam Powell. He says, Alex, how do you feel about James Pattinson being left out of the next Ashes test? Gee. <laughs> Pistol. Hey, well, that is just news. That's news to me. Because really? I, so yeah, Jay- I've been off social media a couple of, couple of days now, and... Um, Pat, James no Pattinson has been left out of the squad for the second test. Look, potentially just resting him. Potentially. Yeah. Resting for um, sure. Yeah, I think that um, that uh, his impact that he had, especially I think in the first test, even though it wasn't a huge wicket taker, but um, yeah, I think um, if anything, you'd leave. If, if there was no issue there, you'd be leaving the squad as it is. So um, yeah, I think that uh, must be uh, something to do with resting. Uh, I think that uh, Siddle and Pattinson will miss out, and I think Hazelwood and Stark will come back in. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll quickly grab your big, big calls for the week. Pep, do you have a, oh, a big, a big call on hand, or Bonge? Do you have one to kickstart us, or do you want me to? <laughs> yeah, you kick things off, mate. I'll have a quick think. Okay. Well, I think Carlton and St Kilda will be a draw. <laughs> Gee. Well, no. You've if you've done a few draws this season, Mars. No, nah, I've done one. I've done one. But if you look at the bookies' odds, it's a dollar ninety, dollar ninety. If you look at their history, like they've been relatively no, they haven't. St Kilda smashed them a few years ago, but it's always around eighty-five to sixty-six. Shit, that's um, that's a trend. But I'm going with a draw. I think it'll be a draw. Both teams are. Around the same capability. So, yeah, zero points. I'll be getting on the draw at 32 to 1. Uh, Pep, have you got one ready for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go one from the Rioli Cup. Daniel Rioli versus Willie Rioli, Richmond West Coast this weekend. On Sunday, I'm thinking the Riolis between them will kick nine goals. Oh, both, both, both averaging one goal a game. Who's kicking more? Probably not Daniel. He hasn't touched it in a little while, so uh, probably Willie, to be honest. And Bonge, do you have do you have a big call there? Nine. Um, yeah, I think my big call will be Jaeger to be held under twenty possessions against Gold Coast. Gold Coast, yeah. So Tuchel will go to him. Yep, 
Yeah, I think he will. And I think there's a little bit of simmer still, especially with uh, what you've seen in the media this week with Tony Cochran. Tony Cochran, yeah. Yeah, saying he was lied to his face. Well, Tony, that's a game, mate, so um, you better switch on. But um, I think that, um, yeah, the the Gold Coast boys will... Um, will well, while they may not focus, um, their focus may be entirely um, gone for the rest of the season. I think that's um, something that may drive them. Yep, for sure. Um, Pep, how is the just quickly? How is the rebuild going at your ultimate footy team? The yeah, we're flying, mate. We're flying. Uh, obviously, the season uh, ended a bit prematurely for the Upsy Daisies FC, but we'll be we're ready to bounce back next year. New uh, new strategy, and yeah, I'm just so excited to get to get stuck in. With and the new assistant coaches. You've obviously uh, been searching for players for next season. Bond, your Mad Monday started yesterday, unfortunately. So... It did, thanks to yourself, Morris. It did, um, but it was a very well hard-fought battle. Um, obviously, I think I went down by about 30 points in the end to yourself. Um, but, um, look... My, it, was cur- my... it was courtesy of Matt Crouch. That's all it was. It was. It was, really. He did save you. Um, but... Um, I think my mind is on the draft next season, which will be so intriguing for every single draft team out there, uh, draft league out there, um, with the likes of Tom Mitchell, Sam Doherty thrown in there, who have been proven scorers. It's those who want to take the risks. Um, we will see the uh, the men from the boys, I think. Well, we've got to get through our AGM first, and I think there's going to be a boxing ring set up. That's how uh, that's how good our league's going, uh, fellas. Thank you for joining me this week on the pod, Pep. Uh, your Twitter, T Pep three, mate, with the T, just the T. <laughs> Don't do this again, mate. Nah, it's T E E P E P three. That's it, mate. Uh, Bonge, are we going Twitter with you, or are we just going something way no, out of left no, field? We'll just go- no, nah, we'll just go um, just the Instagram um, for today. So it's just uh, my full name, just Alex. B O N G I O R N O. And that'll get you there. And if you want to get in contact with the pod, we are at 1%. with an underscore. I am at Spacco453. So send through all your questions. Morris. Yes. This pot is not over because I have one more question. Oh, here we I go. Know, I, I know we're wrapping it up to Collingwood. So, last question. Make it quick, Tom. I know Mason Cox is important structurally to Collingwood Football Club. But oh, yeah. Actually, a better side without him. They've got Dugowie, Majacek, Elliot, Hoskin, Elliot, Chris Main. All can kick goals. Are they a better side without him? Yes or no? Finish y- it up. Yes, they are unpredictable without Mason Cox, and I think he is a liability. That wraps up the pod for this week, fellas. Uh, We will catch you all following the West Coast Richmond blockbuster at the G. Go the Tigers.